I'm Carlo, Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo, and this is my podcast. With this project, I want to explore the means, methods, tools, and examples of living on purpose, living the life we want, doing the things that light us up, things that make us feel like we're alive, growing, making a difference, and enjoying the process along the way. Welcome to It's the Journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to It's the Journey. Happy November, if you're listening to this in real time. I guess as it's released or whatever. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. It's November. I can't believe it. I know that's uh, kind of like blasé to say, but that's just that's just where I'm at right now. It's um, it's insane. It's insane to think we're this far along. It's insane that still, when I think of last year, my brain thinks 2019 because 2020 was such a a weird blur, and I'm just acknowledging that. Um, this has all been weird. It's been hard. All the things political, uh, with the, with all the stuff with the vaccine, all the stuff with our jobs and the economy, it's all been weird. So if you're feeling it, be kind to yourself, love yourself, be kind and patient with everyone else. And we'll get through this and we'll keep carrying on. Before I dive into the subject I want to talk about today, I want to give you a few updates in case you uh, haven't seen or don't follow me on social media. Uh, I have finally gotten my book up and available on Audible, and it's available on the Audible platform as well as Amazon and iTunes, which, whew, that was that was another whole big piece of the puzzle for this for this book thing that I had never done anything like before. I had no idea how hard it would be and how many steps would be involved, but it felt good to finally get that email that it was approved and up and running. Thank you for your patience. Thank you to Shock City Studios and Rich Harris for your help in making that happen. Whew. So that happened. Then I also got an email from another one of the, uh, I think I mentioned, I, I entered probably about, I don't know, maybe eight total book competitions. I've gotten back results for five. One, I did not place in. One, I won. And three, I got basically like runner up. <laughs> so that, <laughs> I'm so, so excited about that and grateful because, you know, I, it's my first book. I've never written a book before. I told you the whole story about how I almost felt like I couldn't publish it. It was scary and hard. And I, all the, what do you call it? Imposter syndrome stuff showed up, uh, worried about what people would think and on and on and on. But I did it and it feels good. Not only that Many of you have read it and like it and said nice things and it's impacted your lives, but also that, you know, professional, uh, whatever you call it, <laughs> book judges and uh, what do they call it? Reviewers like it. So that's a good thing. Um, so I was excited about that and grateful. So thank you. 
And I think you saw that it's the journey past 2000 episodes, not 2000 episodes, 2000 downloads. So I was excited about that. That's just, you know, I, I, I'm so grateful for everyone that's listening. I'm grateful for your feedback and support. So thank you. And I'm excited for um, next year as I'm able to start traveling more and adding in different kinds of interviews and different locations and all that fun stuff. So I don't even know exactly where it's going. So stay tuned. I'm, I'm going to learn as, as I go. And then uh, last bit of personal uh, advice. I only have five months left, actually four months and 27 days, not that I'm counting, of my day job. Uh, I will, after 27 years, no longer be a financial planner and though that was a gratifying and rewarding career, I'm very happy to be done with that and be able to finally focus on what I want to do, which is a big piece of what I want to talk about today. So um, if you haven't guessed, or if I haven't said it, I don't remember, this is a solo episode. I'm going to jump into, first of all, I want to say this. Um, when I started all this, I started a blog and I started a podcast. And sometimes I wouldn't know with the subject, is this a blog or is this a podcast? And I would do one or the other. I think what I'm going to do is merge them. So uh, I kept thinking and in, in, in this idea of what I want to talk about kept, kept bouncing around my brain. And it felt like it's something I could talk about and something that I also wanted to write about and more depth. So I'm doing that. And maybe I won't have just a uh, blog anymore. If I do a podcast, it's going to be something I write about uh, when I do the solo episode. So we'll see, right? Making it up as I go. So the subject is protecting your dreams. And I've been thinking about this. And then I ran across this quote from Rumi, one of my favorite um one of my favorite people to to read and, and be inspired by. And he said, when setting out on a journey, do not seek advice from someone who never left home. Oof. Yeah. So um, let's dive deeper into that. Um, get comfortable here. I've spoken a lot, of, a lot about how Sometimes people trying to protect us, trying to warn us, trying to keep us safe will sometimes say things that dampen our dreams, try to talk us out of it, question us. And if we're not super firm, if we're not confident, if we're not sure of what we want and we don't trust and love ourselves enough then that will cause us to, to edit or say no or not do what it is we want. And that happens a lot from adults doing that to kids. And I had that experience growing up where a lot of, like, like a lot of kids, there were a lot of things that I dreamed about being. I dreamed about I started playing sports and I'm like, well, maybe I'll be a professional soccer player. And then adults in my life saying, no, nah, you'll never do that. It's too hard. 
And at one point I wanted to be an astronaut and people told me, nah, nah, you could never do that. That's, you know, it's really, you gotta, you gotta be a pilot and you gotta go to school and then I got glasses. We'll see, see, you'll never, you'll never do that. You have glasses. And so, um, more and more and the more things I heard that I couldn't do and the more I saw adults around me that weren't doing what they wanted to do and that learning things that my parents had done with their kid when they were kids and they put those dreams away, I, I slowly, slowly, slowly started accepting this more limited vision and idea of what I could be. But I still had some passion for trying to be something. And I even remember in grade school, I was always good at planning and envisioning my life and figuring out things. And I had through observation and looking at other things and kind of come up with this idea of what I wanted to be. And, and one day I was at a buddy's house and he said, Hey, Carla, what are you going to be when you grow up? And I was probably fourth or fifth grade. And I had never talked about this with anyone. And I trusted this guy. And I felt good about this. And I was really proud to say, I'm going to be a truck driver. I was like, why would you want to be that? And I was like, I had my reasons. I'm like, look, I want to, see, I love to explore. I want to see all kinds of things. And I could do this job and I could get paid to travel all over the country. <laughs> and like looking at this now as a, as a 40 something year old, I'm like, that's pretty, pretty, I'm proud of young Carlo for thinking that way. I was very practical and I wasn't I didn't have an ego thing about what I, you know, what, what, what it meant to do this kind of a job versus that kind of a job. And I said it out loud. And what happened? This dude laughed in my face and he was like, you know, cause everything his parents had taught him is like, well, no, no, man, you don't want to do that. You got to go to college. And he didn't even know what, I don't even think he went to college when he grew up. <laughs> He just he laughed, he laughed at me and was like, no, his, his parents had kind of drilled that into his head and anything other than that was laughable. Even his parents were both, now I think about that. I'm thinking about this now for the first time in 30 something years, his parents were both blue collar workers. His dad was a machinist and his mom was a nurse. And I guess maybe they wanted him to do something other than that. So they just drilled that in his head. And then I said this thing out loud and then he laughed at me and told me that that was ridiculous. So, um, you know, being how I was raised, I'm like, okay, all right, well then I, I just kept thinking and thinking and thinking. And so I, you know, as I kept editing and refining and, and constricting my, my view and vision for what I could do, have, and be, by the time I got to college, you know, I really just realized like, I need to understand money and I need to make enough of it to be free. And that, that was it. That was, that was the extent of my dreams because, uh, you know, so many of the things I had wanted to be, someone told me that I couldn't, and I didn't have anyone in my life that was sort of like a cheerleader that was helping me and could push me and even went to the guidance counselor. And I think I've told this story, I don't know, one episode at least. I went to the guidance counselor and, and I was nervous and scared because I, I, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to spend all this money and what, I don't know what I'm going to study. And so they had me take this test. And it spit out reams of paper that were supposed to be the jobs I was qualified to do or had aptitude to do. And they were virtually, it felt like it was just all the jobs, <laughs> like all the jobs. <laughs> it said everything from none to CIA agent, CIA agent to everything you can think of. And I just, after I looked at it for, I just stopped looking at it because I'm like, these are just all, these are just jobs. Like I knew, I knew I could do these. Or, or I knew these were my options. So this did, that didn't help narrow it down. So I went back to the guidance counselor 
And, you know, the person didn't want to really be bothered with me because they probably didn't know what the heck they wanted to be when they grew up because they were, they weren't thrilled about their job. So they, this person reached over, grabbed a brochure for the army, handed it to me and said, maybe you can think about that. And then like started working and let me know that my time was done. And again, just like the truck driving thing, I don't have that. If you, if it's your dream to be in the military, then awesome. But I hadn't expressed any, there was nothing in our conversations that like led, that would have led her, this person to believe that, uh, that's something I wanted to do. They just didn't want me in their office anymore. And from memory, it didn't seem like there was any particular reason <laughs> other than I was annoying. <laughs> so, Okay. So then, uh, fast forward, I go to college, I study finance so I can understand money. And then I get out of school. And like I talked to him about in afterlife, I put my head down and was just determined to quote, be successful, to get, to achieve the American dream, to, to have a house and have cars and have a family and have all the things the house is supposed to have. And, and pretty soon I was just obnoxiously busy working trying to become better and better and better at my, my job. I was good at it, but it wasn't any of the things I had ever dreamed of being. I was really good at planning and figuring things out and understanding abstract concepts. And that's what money is. So I was really good at that. And I was very driven and determined to reach my goals. And so I was good at it and I was very busy. And then that came with, as I began to acquire the, the pieces of the dream, the house and car, and then another car for, you know, obviously I was married. So we both had cars and then all the stuff inside the house and all the stuff to take care of the house. And when I wasn't, like I talked about in uh, afterlife, when I wasn't working and I wasn't taking care of my house and then I wasn't um, writing checks to send the money off to the banks that really owned all my stuff. Then in between there, I was just trying to be the best dad I could be trying to be there for my kids and, 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 and enjoy that piece of my life. And, and when I was doing those things, I was obnoxiously, constantly busy, you know, the kind of busy that a, that a 20 and 30 year old has the time and energy for, and no one ever questioned how I had time for all those things. No one ever, ever questioned, how did you have time to clean the gutters? How did you have time to, to mulch your whole yard? How do you have time to compost every leaf that falls in your yard? <laughs> All these dumb jobs I did that I didn't really like, but I was doing, I was doing cause you know, I, I, that's what you do. Um, um, like, and, and, and so then fast forward and I, I had that experience where, um, life kind of shook me and I had a moment to pause and saw the brevity of life through the loss of my parents. And I decided I'm not doing that again. I'm not rebuilding that. Once I'm divorced, I'm not rebuilding that life. So as you know from the book, if you read it, I slowly deconstructed more and more pieces of that life. I got a simpler life uh, house structure. I reconstructed my business. I began using the free time that I had from not having a yard anymore to dive into my own healing, dive into self-discovery, dive into things I was passionate and curious about in the process. I, you know, I studied 
made, you know, made furniture and learned art and studied Italian and all the things that I've been talking about. I had time for all these things and it gave me great joy, great passion, great fun. I felt alive and happy in a way I hadn't for so many years. But guess what? All the naysayers showed up again. Different, different forms, but same, same voices. People asking me, how do you have time for all that? I grew a beard. What's the deal with your beard? I still get questions about that. I've had a beard for five years, almost six years, and people are still asking me about that. Is that a COVID beard? What's the deal with the beard? How, why do you, you know, on, it's just still, still. Um, why are you, when I was acting, why are you acting now? Are you going to be an actor? Do you think, do you think you're going to be a professional actor? Do you think you can make professional furniture? And then the unsolicited advice of like, well, if I made furniture, I would do it this way or that way. And I wouldn't just, I don't know, unsolicited feedback about why whatever I was doing wasn't right or whatever. And the same thing with Italian. Well, why would you learn Italian? Why wouldn't you learn Spanish? There's a lot more people that speak Spanish. <laughs> It's like, that's not the point. I wanted to connect with my roots. Why are you leaving your career? You seem awfully young for that. What are you going to do? Are you just going to be a vagabond? Are you just going to be a bum? What are you going to do with your time? I mean, do you really know what you're going to do? Um, a lot more than that and a lot harsher things than that. And um, thankfully, this time around, I wasn't, I wasn't a child anymore. I had some experiences. I had some therapy. I had some coaches. I had some people that had my back. I had some people that were helping me learn to love and trust myself. And I could see, and I, rather I had learned that the negativity or doubt they were directing toward me, they were directing when they learned about a dream, were their own fears and insecurities that they had for those the same stories that they told themselves when they thought about maybe something they wanted to do ever be the reason they maybe weren't living the life they wanted, not, you know, and that, that, that's what that was. And I learned to see that it wasn't about me. It was something that was inside them because I dared to say yes to my dreams. And I, I, I also learned really not to talk very much about what I was doing, especially especially as I was contemplating doing something new. There's a very small circle of people that I talk about before I, before I launch into something. And sometimes it's no one. At this point now, I've got a very clear vision of who I am and what I want, and I know how to do it. But that took a lot of time. Um, over the years, I, I had consulted with coaches and mentors and friends. And it's not that I want yes people to tell me, I'm really going to dive into something. Sometimes I want to know, <clears throat> I want other people's opinions about what works and what doesn't, things like that. But I don't want someone just trying to kill my dream just because they're scared of life. So that it helped me learn to be more careful with whom I shared my dreams. Um, the third big thing I learned was I've only talked about maybe some of the negative things, but as I said yes to the things I wanted. As I moved in the direction of my dreams, I began attracting and stumbling across people, circumstances and opportunities that were in alignment with those things. And that led me to an ever growing circle of just some of the most amazing people who 
also are trying to do what they want to do in life. They may not even understand what I'm trying to do, but they, but they appreciate someone who's trying. And I got to see from my old world, there, there, not, not, not everybody in my life was like that. There were a lot of people that were very supportive and very helpful. They didn't, it shocked them. It shocked some of them that some of the things I was doing, but once they got an idea and saw what I was doing, they're like, Hey man, good for you. That's awesome. That's, that's really cool. And some of them have, have done other things or some of them have just been very supported, supportive, loving, awesome friends. And I appreciate you all. Boom. I said it. Um, yeah. So the last thing, oh no, no. I just want to say, I explain, I explain a lot of this in the book and I just kind of wanted to circle back to it because you know, this year is rapidly, rapidly coming to an end. And I think it's important to kind of take take a step back. I talked about this a little bit in the last solo episode about doing some planning. But maybe grab a journal, buy a new journal, and open it up and 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 start writing down every time you think of it, something that comes to mind that you want to do, something you want to explore, some place you want to see, a book you want to read. Start writing down, writing it down, writing it down, writing it down. As your list gets bigger and bigger and bigger prioritize it and take action on something. Take action on something today. If there's some, sometimes, you know, deep down, you write that big list, you know what it is you really want to do. You want to quit a job. You want to start a book. You want to take a trip. You want to find a new career. You want whatever, whatever it is, decide that, decide it, write it down, make it a big plan, put it up somewhere where you'll see it and start seeking ways to make it happen. Find a mentor get a book, find a coach, go, if you need to go to therapy because you're scared to say yes, you keep, if you keep doubting, oh yeah, but I'm too old. I've I've met 30 year olds and 20 year olds that say, oh, I'm too, I wish I would have done this. I'm just, it's like, good gosh, you got your whole life out of you. And people that are, you know, when I started learning a language at 45, someone asked me if, how I did that at my age. (laughs) Yeah, I want to, I want to keep learning. I want to keep learning until I can't, you know, like there's no, there's no limit. Um, I've said this before, uh, the people find people that inspire you. They don't have to be alive. Um, some of my greatest coaches and teachers and mentors have been dead for centuries. Uh, I think I read this, Michelangelo when he was 87 said, um, sto ancora imparando. And I've said this before, but he said, I am still learning. At 87, this is a guy that in his 20s was making just some of the most wonderful, beautiful treasures of humanity. And at 87, he said and felt that he was still learning. So it's never too late. It's never too late. You have 100% of your life ahead of you. Say yes to what you're thinking about. Say yes to your dreams and enjoy your journey. Thank you so much. And I hope that you will take some action here so that you can have an amazing life ahead of you. Okay. Thank you. Bye. 